Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Consistent Runner Girls Notable Peeps, the series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming, all my dreams are humming, all my dreams are coming true. My name's Steph, and today I have with us Kelly Corliss, who had an impossible goal of paying off $30,000, and she just made the final payment this week and saw zero balance. Congrats on paying off that debt. Thank you. <laughs> so, okay, so what do you want to address first? Do you want to talk about your debt first? Do you want to do your whole life story sort of in order? Oh, my whole life story? Well, not your, okay, like, I was like, well, I am 33, so. What's the way you want to um, go? I mean, I guess I could start when I got cancer. Okay, so let me back up. Let's see. So I got home from my mission in twenty nine or 2009 and couldn't find a good job anywhere. Oh, yeah. That was the... The crash. The crash. Mm-hmm. And that's I had, when I graduated. Yeah. Well, that's Terrible. perfect timing for yeah. both of us. Yeah. And I have an English major, which is just very helpful for finding a job. No. No, it's not. <laughs> it's... Not at all. So I worked for, um, I don't know what they were even called, but the U.S., like the census in 2010, I did customer service calls, which was terrible, but it was in Spanish, so it was kind of cool. And then I sold insurance, and then I worked for a rec center and just nothing that was worth anything. So I decided I wanted to go to graduate school, and I had wanted to before, but I decided like this is a good time since I can't find a job. So I applied to Indiana University, and I was going to do library science. Um, I had worked in libraries for a few years, and I really loved it. So I uh, packed up everything I owned, and I put a hitch on my car, and I drove my little U-Haul out to Indiana. And I got there, and the program wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It's all very computer-based. It's all databases and just nothing I was interested in. What did you think it would be? I thought, well, I had thought about being like a children's librarian or like in a school, and I could have done that with my degree, but the classes that I was taking weren't relevant to that. And if I had kept going, it would have been. I just didn't wait that long. But And I probably would have finished it, but then I got sick, and I was freezing all the time, and I wasn't sleeping, and I couldn't really eat, And I was having horrible panic attacks, like every 10 minutes for days. When you say panic attack, what? So it's different for different people. For me, my mind race is 100 million miles an hour, and it won't stop ever. So like trying to sleep, trying to concentrate on schoolwork, trying to do anything. And then um, I would just like sweat. And I had this like weird, it's hard to explain to people. They call it um, derealization, where you kind of feel like you're in a dream and it is very disconcerting. And like, I think people probably have felt like that. I don't know, a friend of mine told me that she had that when she um, had heat exhaustion. So it's like your body can't process whatever is going on. And so it just kind of shuts down a lot of stuff. So you feel very unreal. And it's very uncomfortable. Like I hated it. It was so terrible. So I was just very unhappy. I was living alone in Indiana in January. And it was freezing. And there was ice storms and it was terrible so I called my mom and I said I 
I'm going to go to the hospital or I'm going to come home. And she's like, okay. She's like, what do you feel like you need to do? And I was like, I just think I'm going to come home. And she was like trying to talk me out of it because she wanted me. She felt bad. She's like, you worked so hard to get there. You had to take the GRE. You had to pack up everything and buy all this stuff. She's like, I don't want you to come home unless you absolutely have to. And I was like, I feel like I am dying. So I'm going to come home. (laughs) I'm very dramatic. Um, (laughs) So I got on a plane and I came home. And my doctors could not figure out what was wrong with me. They're like, well, maybe you have depression. I was like, I'm not depressed. They're like, but you're tired all the time. I'm like, well, okay, yeah. And then they thought maybe I was having um, heart problems. So they did a bunch of tests. And they're like, no, that's fine, too. All Through all of this, I can't sleep. I can't eat. I'm, like, losing weight. I look terrible. My sister now will say, like, she's like, you've been through a lot. Which is funny because... People are supposed to tell you, oh, you look great. Mm -hmm. No, she's like, yeah, there's a reason you look like you do. (laughs) Bags (laughs) under my eyes and whatnot. (laughs) So, uh, great sister. She is. She's the bomb. So I went to my GP, and just again, and I was like, you know, I've never never mentioned this, but I do have this big, weird lump on my neck. And he was like, oh, he's like, well, maybe it's like um mono and I was like yeah that's kind of what I wondered so they ran some tests and he's feeling the big lump and he's like well it probably hurts right you know your glands get swollen and it hurts I was like actually no it never has and that's when his face fell and he's like oh okay well let's do some scans and it scared me and he's like um it's like I don't mean to scare you but like this doesn't look real good I was like you gotta be kidding so I remember going home and crying to my family and being like he thinks it's cancer. And my whole family was like, no, no, it's not. It's probably a cyst. It's probably just like a swollen gland because you get swollen glands, but it was hard and it was weird. And I, I was at work. I was just working at this little rec center and I got the phone call and my doctor was like, so you have cancer. And I remember I was like, I was talking to a woman who was trying to reserve the pool. And I said, I am so sorry. I'm going to need to pass you off to my colleague here and I have to leave. And I left my house or I left the the rec center and I was going to drive to my house. And I thought nobody's home. Like nobody's there. And I don't want to be alone right now. I thought, okay, my mom's at her painting class. I'll drive there. I know where that is. So I'm driving to holiday and I'm not crying yet. And I'm just in shock. And I get to my mom's painting studio And I look up, I'm like, wait a minute. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. She's not going to be here for two hours. And that's when I fell apart. I was crying and crying and crying. I had called everybody. I called my dad. I called my brothers, my sister-in-law. Nobody was answering their phones. And finally, my best friend called me back and said, what is going on? And I said, I have cancer. And she started crying. And she's like, where are you? So we met because I couldn't drive home. She pulled up. My dad, whoops, at the exact same time. Um, pulled up behind me and we just all stood there and cried anyway it was like this processional to my house and I got there and I'm crying all the way home and I was like dad do you think I'm gonna die and he said I he's like I I don't know and I was like well that's not very comforting (laughs) so we get into the house and I thought if my mom cries I don't know if I'm gonna be able to handle this and I walked in and she's like you're gonna be fine I was like thank you even if you're lying I just appreciate some hope I guess just like you're gonna be fine so we scheduled the um, biopsy I had that done and then here's where my like student loans kind of come into it 
So during all this time, I dropped out of Indiana University and I had paid $13,000 to them already. And I had written them a note and I got doctor's notes and they said she has cancer and all this. And Indiana University was so wonderful and they just refunded all my money and they did not have to do that. So I got this... Props to Indiana University. For real. When I am rich one day, I am going to make a huge contribution to them because (laughs) they did not have to do that. That was so kind of them. And they said, best of luck, like, take care of your health. And I just, I couldn't get over how wonderful they were. But I still had some student loans from, like, um, buying books and buying computer programs and all that, which they can't refund, obviously. So I still had $5,000, which isn't terrible, but, um, so I'm in my needle biopsy. Sorry, I'm going back and forth. No, that's okay. And, uh, they put you, they don't put you under, but it was kind of an invasive one. So they're like, we're going to give you something that's going to make you just like really happy to be here. I was like, okay. You're so like, I'm, bring it. I was. And I, and they gave me the IV, I think it was, it was a shot. I don't remember. And I remember like my mind cleared because I had been having these horrible racing thoughts for months where I like couldn't even have a coherent thought and they just shut up for a minute and I remember thinking I need to be a teacher and I was like what no teaching is hard and they don't get paid anything and it's long hours and nobody respects you no and I was like but what do I like to do I like kids I like to talk <laughs> I love literature like what other job am I going to do where I get to do those things so I was like, okay. And so I remember I left the needle biopsy and I was like, mom, I'm going to be a teacher. And she's like, what? But we were just having a needle biopsy. I was like, I know, but I just, I think that's what I want to do. She's like, all right. So we got the results back and we had a party because it was thyroid cancer. It's called papillary thyroid cancer. It is like the most treatable cancer that there is basically. There might be other ones, but from what I understand. So we were so excited. I still had to have a pretty invasive surgery where they removed my thyroid and then a bunch of, um, what are they called? Lymph nodes. They took out 39 that time. Lymph nodes are tiny, by the way. When they said they were going to take out 39 lymph nodes, I was like, am I going to have any left? You have, <laughs> apparently you have thousands, hundreds, maybe not thousands. You have tons. Okay. So they're like, you're going to be just fine. So I had my surgery and it was really hard. Um, Some people do fine. I did not. I didn't do well with the anesthesia. I was in bed, like couldn't walk for days because I was so drugged. And then I had, um, what's it called? Iodine radiation therapy where they take iodine, a little pill, and they make it radioactive. And then they're like, swallow this. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You're wearing a lead vest and you won't even touch the pill and you want me to put that in my body. So that made me really sick, but it was a good time to think. I was alone in the basement. You have to be um, quarantined for a week because you're radioactive, I guess. Low levels, but they still want to be careful. So I was down there and I was thinking like, I'm going to have to go to school and I'm going to have to get out student loans. And I was like planning it all. So as soon as I felt up for it, I went to the U or I went to UVU And I moved to Provo, and I did their post-bac teaching program. Since I already had my bachelor's in English, it was only going to take about a year and a half to get my teaching credentials. And I did that, but I couldn't really work. I was not well. I wasn't doing great health-wise. Mentally, I wasn't doing that great. I was still not sleeping, having panic attacks. By then, I was depressed, but I think it was just the trauma 
And uh, so I didn't really work very much. So I went to school, and that was pretty great, actually. But I was just racking up the student loans because I couldn't really work very much. And I was so tired all the time. So I was like, I'll just take out another student loan. And, of course, you never think, like, I'm going to have to pay this back. (laughs) So I had 5,000 from Indiana University. And then by the time I was done at UVU, it was about 20,000, which not to, I am, I should say it's not UVU's fault. Like it's not that they charge so much. It was just that I had to live off of it for a year and a half. And so I just feel bad when I tell people that they're like, your program was so expensive. It really wasn't. It was very reasonable. And I loved it. I loved UVU. They do a great job. Um, so I, should I tell you about Hawaii too? Oh yeah. it's in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. This is what I love about Kelly is we both had like crises where we moved. 30. Yeah. That was your 30, 30 year life, life crisis. Yeah. We uh-huh. both had 30 life crises where we moved, but she was smarter than I was and she went to the warm state and I went to the opposite end to the freezing cold state. So and I don't know how you did it because <laughs> even in Hawaii, having a 30 life crisis is no fun either. So I am done with my student teaching. I've got $20,000 of student loans and I cannot find a job. And it's um, probably like April. So like school is getting out. So I'm like, great. Like I will just like get a job and be ready for the fall. Nobody would even interview me. And I was crushed. I thought I have worked so hard and sacrificed quite a bit for a stupid job that won't you know, pay me anything. And I was really angry. And I was, I was mad. I was just really, I was angry. Where with cancer, I wasn't really, I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't happy about it. But I thought, you know, this just happens. People just get sick and it happens. That I was mad. And my friend in my ward said, hey, I'm moving to Hawaii. Do you want to come? I was like, yes. She's like, well, you can think about it. I said, no, I'm going. She's like, all right. So I packed up all my stuff, put it in a storage unit, and I said, you know what? I've had it with real life. I'm out. So I moved to Oahu, and I worked at Hanama Bay driving a cart, because that's what you do when you have advanced degrees. And I made no money. So again, I'm living off a credit card. Wait, but, but this is my favorite part of your story. Didn't you drive people to one part? Like a quarter of a mile. If any of you have been to Hanama Bay and you know the cart that goes down a hill, not even a quarter of a mile probably, turn around, go back up. Turn around, go back down. And that's what you did. Uh, That's what I did. That's what I did for my summer. And it was fine. The people that hired me were so kind. I actually lived in their house with my friend. They were so wonderful. Uh, But I was just very unhappy while I was there. And my poor friend, I'm sure I was not delightful to be around because I was just angry at the world and feeling very, I don't know, like the world was out to get me. Um, but I mean, I had some great experiences too. For example, we went to the big island for a trip and I spent even more money that I didn't have. And I was like, I don't even care. Like, I don't care. This is stupid. I do what I want, which was a very good attitude to have. And so I racked up $5,000 of credit card debt and I still was not working a real job and my credit limit was $5,000 and I was like, what am I going to do? So, uh, I got a phone call And it was this principal that I had interviewed with. And she said, hey, we want to interview you. And I was like, hey, I'm in Hawaii. So that's not going to work. She said, oh, no, we can Skype. Hilarious. So I Skype interviewed with this 
amazing principal and there were like five or six people in the room I guess my side wouldn't work so I couldn't see them but they could see me which was very scary who knows what I looked like it was probably good in a way and uh, a couple days later I got a text from this principal saying hey the job is yours if you want it I was like what a text but the time (laughs) difference between Hawaii and Utah I guess was a problem and she didn't know she'd get me and so I was talking to my dad on the phone. I was like, should I take it? And he's like, are you kidding? I was like, all right, fine. So I moved back home. I was like, mom, can I live with you? And my parents were so great. And they're like, please do. Um, because my job was in Draper. My family lives in Sandy. So I moved into their basement like you do when you're 30. And <laughs> I took all my stuff out of storage and I put it in my parents' basement, bless them. And I thought, I'm going to be here a year. I'm just going to be here a year. And I'm going to start to pay off my lo- my loans. And that's it. And it's been four years. And I am finally debt-free. Well, and is, it happened this week, right? It what? did. <laughs> so I have lived in my parents' house for four years. And they have been amazing and have spoiled me rotten. And it's embarrassing. But um, because of that, I've been able to put like $1,000 a month on my student loan and I paid off my credit cards first because I know the interest rate is out of control and then I started paying my student loan and I remember when I first started paying I was like this is never gonna go away this is $25,000 of debt and I am making not that much money I'm gonna be in debt forever and I kind of imagine this is what it well I know this is what it feels like when you're trying to lose weight and you're like I have like 50 pounds to lose it's never gonna leave so why do I even try but I listened to Dave Ramsey shout out out to Dave Ramsey (laughs) and he talks about baby steps and he's like first get you know like a little bit of savings then like pay off your smallest loan so that you have like that feeling of accomplishment And so that's what I did. And I just did it a little bit at a time. And I have my old car so that I wouldn't have to have a car payment. And I don't know. I have to say I have been very lucky where I haven't had to make insane sacrifices in order to pay my loans. I can go out to eat. I can buy a new pair of running shoes when I need to. And I mean, I do try to be careful and buy them on sale and whatever, but... um, I give, I give all the credit to my parents because they didn't make me pay rent. They didn't make me pay utilities. I eat their food all the time. So, yeah, big shout out to them. But when we were talking, you also talked about how even though you are able to go out to eat or, or buy things, you also have been pretty wise with it that you haven't gone on these crazy trips or you haven't. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried really hard. Um, I have friends that I work with who are big travelers and they were going to Norway and to Africa and to like all over the world. And they're like, come with. And I'm like, I can't. I mean, I could in theory, but then that would just be that much more debt that I would have to pay back. And um, my car was giving me so many problems. And my friends were like, just buy a new car. You're putting so much money into it anyway. And I thought, no, because then that's a big fat car payment that I don't want to have to worry about. And I don't know. So I did. I tried to be careful about not digging my hole deeper and um, kind of being careful with my spending. 
I'm trying to think of like other big things that I've been careful about. I don't know. I mean, those are the biggest people our age, like they do travel a lot and it's very almost competitive. Is that a fair thing to say? Where it's like, well, I've been to this place and this place and this place. And I was like, well, I've been to Indiana and, (laughs) and I don't know, Twilla. Like I've been really cool places. I don't know. I felt like such a loser a lot of the time. I was like, yeah, I live. Oh, my favorite is watching TV. And the joke that everybody loves is, well, at least I'm not living in my parents' basement. And I was like, well, I am. But whatever, I'm debt free. So take that. No, exactly. And I have a similar experience because I moved home to pay off the a debt that wasn't necessarily mine, but that I got myself into a whole long story. And that insecurity where people, mm-hmm. just this week, one of my coworkers made a joke about someone living in their parents' basement. And I was like, oh, you don't know that. This is so awkward because yeah. I'm sitting here and it's what I'm doing. But what I love most about your story is I had a friend a little while back who she has about the same amount of student loans as you did. And she's just like, this feels impossible. I'm never going to be yes. able to sell it, to pay it off. But I love that your story, like it took four years. It did. Mm-hmm. And just that patience of, of seeing the end goal and like what you were talking about with Dave Ramsey, the baby steps mm-hmm. and, and finding it that way. It was so frustrating to look at my student loans on the internet and I'd be I just think there's no way I'm gonna pay this off but every month it did go down a little but you don't want it to go down a little you want it to go down a lot you want to pay it off at once and that's just not how it works at least not for me and I kept thinking maybe I'll have a rich uncle that I didn't know about who will die <laughs> and will leave me a hundred thousand dollars yes marry a sugar daddy please <laughs> uh and none of that happened and actually I'm really glad because I felt for a long time that there was nothing that I could point at and say I worked and I did that thing because like my parents they helped me buy my car and you know I've never I don't own a place but this thing I can say I did all of that and I did it you know in not that long of a time four years it's kind of a long time and I feel for people who have a hundred thousand dollars of student debt that's insane but I guess you just have to look at it the same way and think, okay, it's going to take 15 years or whatever it is, which is so frustrating. But it does go away after a long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but having that perspective makes all the difference of just being like, okay, it just went down a little bit this month, mm-hmm. but if I keep on going, it will go down a little bit more. And like you said, if you would have gone on all these trips that are easy to to go on, because you're being invited. would be so amazing. would be so amazing, you wouldn't see that, that debt go down. Oh, the other sacrifice. That's what I always, I forget about this, but my parents always say like, you've made a sacrifice to live with us. Not that they're like difficult to live with, but my social life has definitely tanked. I don't (laughs) date ever. Never. I haven't for years because it's weird. It's like, come pick me up at my parents' house. I don't know. I feel weird about it. Maybe it's not weird. That's probably just my ego talking. Um, And I mean, I come home at night and I hang out with my sister and my mom. So my social life is kind of non-existent I have my work friends and I have some church friends and that's about it which is fine because I don't need a thousand friends but it is different and not not to have my own space is hard 
But when I was living, you know, say in Provo, I had my own spot. I had my own space. I had like my place where now it is not my home. I lived outside my parents' house for a long time. So moving back in, it was like, it was a little weird. It was a little bit of a just transition, I guess, to be like, okay, I'm like back to being a kid in a lot of ways. It's just in my own mind. That is how I think about it. This is my parents' house. I get to live here, but I don't get to dictate what happens here or have any say in, well, maybe we should turn the AC up or whatever, (laughs) because I'm like, I'm not paying for it. So I don't get to say that. And I try not to be a brat about it, I guess, is what I'm saying. No, it is a humbling moving home too, like what you're talking about with your social life taking. And as you're talking, I was like, well, maybe it also is getting older. You know, I feel like I'm not as social, but my social life did decrease a lot around the same time that I moved home. Mm -hmm. But I also turned 30 that year. So I don't Mm -hmm. know which is which. It's both. I don't really like to go out and hang out with a ton of people anymore. I like to hang out with like one or two. And... Yeah, I just think the older you get, the more you're like, I don't need a big party. Eh, I'd rather hang out with two good friends and go get a pizza and watch Netflix. Because we are crazy like that. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, don't get too wild, Mm -hmm. Kelly. Totally (laughs) off the hook. So I guess you sort of answered this, but, but to those people that are thinking about this and they're like, I have 50000 I have 20000 even five or Mm $10,000, and how can I pay it off? What's your advice to them? (sighs) Number one, I feel like I wasted a lot of time worrying about it, thinking and being anxious and being like, I'm never going to pay this off. I'm going to have to sell a kidney, just worrying about it all the time. And that doesn't help. It doesn't help to stress. And I know that's so easy to say, but I wish somebody could have taken me by the hand and said, this will pass. You will pay it off. Stop worrying about it. Because I did worry about it a lot. Because I also knew that someday I wanted to get a master's because that's what you do when you're a teacher. And I was like, how am I going to do that with all this debt? Blah, blah, blah. But I wish somebody could have told me that. And then just to say, just make a contribution to that as much as you can as often as you can. So like when I would get my tax return, I would throw all of it at my loan. Or um, I got a refund for something with my medical expenses. I put all of that on my loan. Oh, I should say too that I was really lucky that my parents helped me out with my medical bills because they were big. I mean, I had two surgeries. I had radiation. I had all these scans and things. And I had good insurance. Thank you, Dad. And um, because he was like, you have to have insurance. And I didn't have it through an employer because I didn't have a steady employer. So I just did private insurance. And I thought, this is such a waste of money. No, I would have been in so much trouble. Um, Anyway, and I I actually did just get blessed a few times. Can I say blessed? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like any little extra went to my loan. Every little penny that I could think of. So when I wanted to go and buy a new pair of boots, no. I went and threw it at my loan, which is very not fun and not exciting. And it's not very even satisfying because it's such a little amount going into such a big debt. But it worked out in the end. It, it made a difference, I guess. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. no, totally. Wait, and are you getting your master's right now? Because mm-hmm. I am a glutton for punishment. But I found a program I really liked, and I'm at the U, and it's a really great deal that they have going right now where I think about half of the classes are a third of the price normally. So instead of paying 1700 per class, I'm paying like maybe... 750 or something like that so it is amazing it's an amazing deal so i'm since i'm not paying on my student loans anymore i can just use that money to pay for my master's program and i'll probably have to take out some student loans but it's not going to be twenty-five thousand, most likely and i can kind of take my time i don't feel like i need to rush this where my bachelor's or the other degree, I did feel like I had to. I felt like I was behind in life and I was trying to catch up. And with my master's, I think I have colleagues who are 50 and have you know three kids and they're just getting there, so it's fine. It's not a race. It's just one thing that I did want to do and that I'll eventually get there. Well, and I like that you said that you can take your time with it and $750 is a lot more doable than... than 1700 or whatever it was yes very doable haven't you been saving along i have didn't dave ramsey say to Uh save? he said to save like a thousand dollars at first and then to add so oh that was the other deal i made with my parents i was like i really want to pay rent and they're like no and i said well what if i pay a little bit and they're like how about this you take everything that you would have paid in rent and put it in a savings account and save it for you and then you can buy a house so I have been putting, you know, four or 500 in a month. I don't know where all this money is coming from. It sounds like I've just got unending streams of money. Uh, but I do have some savings now. And I'm just going to keep adding to that. And I do kind of want to buy a place. But I guess the market is not good right now. So maybe I'll wait for a while. And as we have seen, waiting is the name of the game. Not only did you pay off your debt, but you're going back to school mm-hmm. and you're saving. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes like looking at that, you're like, well, f- it took me four years, but along the way you're doing a lot with your money. It's true. Too. Yeah. I've tried to use it wisely, put it in savings, put it in my loan. Don't just spend it on things that I want to at the time, but that aren't going to you know, fulfill that goal that I had. It was like my number one goal was to pay off that student loan. So I just kind of always worked towards that. And I'm so excited for you that this Thank week you. it happened. I, it Did doesn't you- feel real. I looked at my my account and I was like, it's zero, 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 zero. I don't know. I think next month when I get my paycheck, then it will feel real. And I'm like, I don't have to put all this money on my loan. Whoa, what yeah. am I going to do? I, and I'll probably just put it in savings, <laughs> Hey, which is not exciting, but that's what I do anymore. Well, and look at the, how the, your habits have changed when you were in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You're like, whatever, I'm just going to rack up all this. And now you're like, well, that $5,000 takes a, a long lot time to of pay money. Off. Yes. That is a lot of money. That is nothing to just be flippant about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was an unhappy person back then and so I was just I thought who cares who even cares my life is already so stupid I'll just keep making it stupider and I did a little bit but I didn't do anything too crazy because I know people they go out and buy like super expensive cars they they co-sign with their boyfriend on a car it happens it happens to the best of us totally understandable (laughs) 
So yes, we all make mistakes. <laughs> and I kind of hate that because I, I don't know, maybe I'm a perfectionist a little bit, but I didn't want to have a big mistake on my record and too bad I did. And what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I've loved hearing your whole story with this because I really do think, especially my friend who had talked to me about debt, like I want to forward on this episode to her and be like, hey, listen to Kelly. Like, because she had asked me like how long it took me. Mm-hmm. But, um, how long did it take you? The the debt that I had from mm-hmm. Mr. Sweet Talker, that uh-huh. guy, um, it took me a year. Oh, okay. But and it that's was, a long time but for a debt that wasn't even yours. Yeah. Ugh. But that was getting a second job. My gosh. Too. So, but in her situation, her and her husband, you know, they, I don't think they can get a second job. You know, right. like just like time, not everyone's schedule allows for that. Like my schedule did at that time. And so, so yeah, I, I think that this will definitely be a story of just, you can do it. Even you if it really takes four can. years. I just think that we are so impatient and we want to pay it off now. And you kind of have to get over that. I don't know. It still bugged me. Even three years into it, I was like, am I done yet? But it does end eventually. Like, I do have the zeros on my account to show for it, which is so exciting. Like, everything says paid in full, paid in full, (laughs) paid in full. I have, like, eight loans, and they're all paid in full, and it feels so good. Love it. It's amazing. Okay, so my last question for you is, did you use any tools to help you budget or to keep track, or did you just do it? Um, I did some. I did, what's that app? I used it for a while. Mint. Okay. And that was good because it showed me how often I was eating out and I thought I need to cut back because that is a ridiculous amount of money that I could easily save. So I did use that for a while. I kind of deleted it after I was in a, in a, I don't know what to call it, like Like, in a rhythm Yeah. where I was like, this is just what I pay and this is what I do. So after a while, I didn't feel like I needed it. But yeah, I did do that. You know what? Something that helped me that I just thought of is my brother is very big into saving money. He's like quite frugal. And every time I would make a big payment, I would take a screenshot and send it to him. And then he would celebrate with me. He would be so proud of me. And that was so great. And I have a good friend who is a... um, She's a financial planner, and she is the best with money. So I would take, like, a screenshot and send it to her, and she would be so excited for me. So having people be excited for you, that was a big deal to me. And people who are genuinely excited for you. Because I could send that to my my school friends, but they're like, "Mm, what does that mean? Like, that doesn't mean much to Mm -hmm. them. Where my brother, like, really, really excited for me. So that was awesome. So that's another thing probably that helped me keep going was I had a lot of cheerleaders who wanted me to do it. No, I love that. I When I was paying off my debt, the, the app that I used, I don't even remember the name of it, but once you paid something off, it would have, like, this confetti come out <laughs> and say, good job. And even just that made me... Like, so, yes, I did do a good job. <laughs> but made me so happy mm-hmm. of, like, oh, sweet, you know. I did it. Yeah, so it, I can imagine, like, sending a text, and it's even more so, like, they're like, yeah, awesome. Uh, and it was. It was so nice to hear that back from people who I look up to, and I want to be like them. I want to be financially stable like they are. So it was nice to have that feedback. So this is a secret. I mean, it's not a big secret, but I haven't told him yet. So I'm making my parents like a thank you card and I'm going to take them out to dinner somewhere really fancy. I haven't even told them that I've paid it off yet. Oh, really? 
Really? So um, that's probably going to be next week. I'm going to like take them out to dinner and be like, ta-da! They're going to be so excited. And then they're going to be like, get out of our house. Just <laughs> kidding. They would never, but I think I'll start making an exit strategy. <laughs> we can like start talking about it. Oh, I love it. Be like, congratulations, get a life. <laughs> Oh, Kelly. Really, though, such an exciting, exciting goal to have. And to not be in that bondage anymore. It's like, you are free. So free. Free to do what I want with my money instead of feeling like every dime I make, I have to give it to this monster that's eating all my money. It's like, well, the monster is dead. I'll probably come up with some goal. I kind of already have a couple in mind that I'm going to work on next. And that are going to take probably as long. And I kind of feel like now I can do it. Like I want to lose some weight. And in the past I thought, it's just like so undoable. And is that a word? Undoable? Maybe not. I teach English. It's whatever. (laughs) Uh, I just think like it seems impossible. But now I know like, okay, it might take me longer than maybe some other people. But I just need to make little changes and put, you know, that couple bucks that I can, throw everything out at it that I can, and I'll get there eventually. It's just not instant like I want it to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the moral of the story. So, like, losing weight. Mm-hmm. Get in my master's program, buy my own place, and then uh, I do want to travel. Like, I have tons of places I want to go. Um, I have some other, you know, things I want to throw my money at. So I always had a goal to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. And that, that year that with Mr. Sweet Talker, when he got me and all that debt, I was uh-huh. actually like planning to go to Europe with a roommate. And then I couldn't because I had all that. So this year I went to Spain. Oh, so and great. it was interesting because I was talking to my sister-in-law a little while ago. And she was like, you were like, when you came home from Europe, you were a different person. Really? And that's really when I like started getting this podcast. I had wanted to do it forever. I had the equipment, but I hadn't really done it. And the reason that I changed is because Europe felt so impossible. Yes. I felt like I would never be able to save enough money. And we found we found $450 tickets to Spain on Delta. What? Like, That's amazing. And so just, and every, like some of the places, hotels we stayed at were like 50 bucks a night. Like, oh my it was just, goodness. We went at a time that was like super cheap. Perfect. But doing that, and I'm so grateful for my brother that he wanted to go and he researched all the, these things. But going was actually something that I'm like, this is something that, and I don't know why it felt so impossible to me, but it just, I had it on my things to do forever and I feel mm-hmm. like I would never make it over there. And after doing it, I was like, wow, if I, if I can make it to Europe, which was impossible for me, like I can do these other things. And it really did change me. So just gives you that confidence that, like, that's the biggest thing I was lacking when I, like, ran away to Hawaii. I had zero confidence. Everything had fallen apart in my life. It seemed like everybody around me was doing really well. Getting married, having children, having these great jobs, traveling the world. And I was just sitting and being sad. And I think that that has been a big boost to me is I paid off this debt and... Yeah, it took a long time, but I did it, and it has given me some confidence to think I can do these other hard things I want to do. A friend just invited me to um, hike the Grand Canyon. It's called the Rim to Rim Hike, 
and it's a 12 hour hike and it's really hard and I'm in no shape to do it right now. But now I feel like I can, I can train for that and it's going to take me a while, but I can probably get there and be ready by the time we're going to go. Whereas if somebody had asked me that a few years ago, I'd be like, no, no, there's no way it's impossible. It's like, well, it's not. That's like such a defeatist attitude that I had for a while. So good luck with your future goals. Thank you. (laughs) I'm sure I'll keep you updated. Yeah. And maybe we'll both be moving out of our parents' basement. You know, when we're like 40, it's fine. (laughs) 40 is the new 30. That's what they say. Exactly. I don't feel like old at 31. but Well, you're not. But then I think about it sometimes and I'm like, oh, my parents at this time had probably six kids and they moved (gasps) to the house that we live in like right now. Wow. And my dad had started a business. So that makes me think and be like, man, I'm on a different path. But once again, I don't need to compare because my life has been different. Totally different. But I do have that thought process too. I'm like, my parents, my mom at my age had three kids and a mortgage and like was taking care of everybody and I can't even take care of myself. But again, different path. That's a good way to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Different compare. Paths. Don't okay. compare. Well, um, thanks you. Thanks you. Thanks you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you again, Kelly, for taking time today to come. And once again, guys, remember to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming. All my dreams are coming true. Thanks again for pushing play and listening to this episode. If you want more information about today's guest, head over to www.notablepeeps.com.